Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, two episode 151 of this podcast. Uh, today we are continuing with our study of the uh, Come Follow Me materials. This is May the 25th to May the 31st. Uh, we're covering Mosiah chapter 29 to Alma 4. They were steadfast and immovable. And today we're continuing with the section uh, which is titled True Disciples of Jesus Christ Do Not Set Their Hearts Upon Riches, which is found in Alma chapter 1 verses 27 to 31 and chapter 4 verses 6 to 15. So uh, we've dealt with the story of Nehor uh, and what happens in the aftermath. And we're going to focus on these disciples of Christ. It says and in verse 29 of Alma 1, And now because of the steadiness of the church, they began to be exceedingly rich, having abundance of all things whatsoever they stood in need, an abundance of flocks and herds and fatlings of every kind, and also abundance of grain and of gold and of silver, and of precious things, and abundance of silk and fine twined linen, and all manner of good homely cloth. Now, um, as we move into what happens next, uh, we see here that the blessings of righteousness were indeed great and that they were not just, you know, things of material gain, but we'll see that there were, were other things as well. But the fact is, is, is that these people didn't seek their um, or put their hearts on these riches. And as a result, over time, they did start to receive some material wealth. Uh, we wonder how the blessings of the, the scriptures apply to us directly today. In the Know Why, 373 from Book of Mormon Central, they ask this question, how do the blessings of the scriptures apply to us today? Sometimes the scriptures may seem like they are a long way away, that, you know, the, the period that they were in were very different to the time that we're in now. Um, obviously talking about herds and flocks and things like that. How does that apply to us? But um, what we need, we need to remember is that um, this book that was written hundreds of years ago, is actually the same, roughly the same distance of time between Mormon and today as it was between between Moses and Mormon. So when they were looking at applying the blessings of the, of the law of Moses, um, it applied to them. Uh, and so the blessings that we see in the Book of Mormon can certainly apply to us today, uh, which is something we need to remember when we consider the blessings we see in this book. In verse 30 it says, And thus in their prosperous circumstances they did not send away any who were naked, or that were hungry, or that were athirst, or that were sick, or that had not been nourished. And they did not set their hearts upon riches, therefore they were liberal to all, both old and free, both bond and free, both old and young, both bond and free, both male and female, whether out of the church or in the church. So that's an important point there as well, that these riches were indeed great, and they had many blessings from it, but they were they were were not setting their hearts upon it. They were still blessing those that needed it. Um, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland spoke about the importance of supporting those uh, who are who lack in um, temporal senses. Uh, he said, quote, Remember the, what the Book of Mormon has taught us. It is difficult enough to be poor in material goods, but the greater pain is in the heavy heart, the dwindling, dwindling hope, the damaged dreams, the parental anguish, the childhood disappointment that almost, att almost always attends such circumstances, close quote. There are many other factors and many other um, outcomes that happen when you don't have material ne needs. And it's not material wealth we're talking about here. It's just the, the needs of life, the basics. If you don't have those, then it has much more than just the physical material uh, damage or factor. There is also, you know, great anguish, great anxiety, great sorrow, um, lost things that could have been, 
uh, if that is the case. Um, and I think it's important to mention verse 30 in this case, 31, sorry. It says, and thus they did prosper and become far more wealthy than those who did, who did not belong to their church. Now, we look at this word prosper and straight away we think of material things. But I think also it, it will apply to other things as well in spirit, in, you know, emo in emotional stability, in, uh, in just in many other ways um, that the love they have for each other. Um, there will be many things that will have been positively effective be affected because of their, their refusal, I suppose, to set their hearts upon the riches. However, in verse six, we start to see this decline. It's been about eight years since this point, the reign, the, the reign, the reign, reign of the judges. Uh, and it says this in verse six of Alma chapter four. The people of the church began to wax proud because of their exceeding riches and their fine silks and their fine fine linen. And because of their many flocks and herds and their gold and their silver and all manner of precious things which they had obtained by their industry. And in all these things were they lifted up in the pride of their eyes, for they began to wear very costly apparel. And once again, we see that it that one of the first indicators that they are becoming uh, more proudful or prideful about their riches is their need or their desire to wear costly apparel. And they have more pride now about the things they have that we talked about in that previous chapter that they have received because of their uh, faithfulness to the truth. And so Alton Perry uh, said this, quote, It was a time of decision for Alma. In his role as chief high priest, he had been attempting to protect his people from falling into sin by teaching them the gospel. In his role as chief judge, he had been administering the laws of the land. As he found the wickedness of the, wickedness of the people increasing, he could not continue, continue to divide his time between these dual roles, close quote. And as we'll see uh, later on, uh, particularly tomorrow in Alma chapter 4, when we study that whole chapter, Alma makes a decision which um, he which indicates his where his heart is set and what he desires uh, to do for his people. In verses 8 to 9, um, it says, For they saw and beheld with great sorrow that the church of the people of the church began to be lifted up in the pride of their eyes and to set their hearts upon riches and upon the vain things of the world, for they began to be scornful one towards another, and they began to persecute those that did not believe according to their own will and pleasure. And thus, in this eighth year of the reign of the judges, there began to be great contentions among the people of the church. Yea, there were envyings and strife and malice and persecutions and pride, and even to exceed the pride of those who did not belong to the church of God. I think that is a fascinating comparison, that after eight years of having this wealth and prosperity, in the seventh year, they started to see more pride within the church. And then just simply one year later, in the eighth year of the reign of the judges, the contentions among the people of the church were so great that they exceeded the pride of those that didn't belong to the church. And let's not forget that a number of those that didn't belong to the church, not all of them, of course, but a number of them will have been people who followed the practice of Nehor, who, whose literal whole thing was get gain, get material wealth, be paid for the things that you do in teaching that what we believe to be the word of God. Uh, and, you know, and well, and literally one of the taglines is wear costly apparel. Uh, and so that is concerning. Uh, and so this is where we begin to see why Alma took this decision to get himself out of that judgment seat and go forth on the people uh, and try and make a difference. In verse uh, 13 to 14, 
It says, now this was great cause for lamentations among the people, while others were abasing themselves, succoring those who stood in need of their succor, and such as imparting their in substance to the poor and needy, feeding the hungry and suffering all manner of afflictions for Christ's sake, who should come among the spirit of prophecy, looking forward to that day, thus retaining a remission of their sins, being filled with great joy because of the resurrection of the dead, according to the will and power and deliverance of Jesus Christ from the bands of death. So basically, you know, to end that, there, there, are, there is still a, a core group of people that are still giving up what they can, um, imparting their substance to the poor, feeding the hungry, and in verse 14, looking forward to a remission of their sins. Um, Boyd K. Packer said this, quote, We can re even retain a remission of our sins. Baptism by immersion is for the remission of sins. That covenant can be renewed by partaking of the sacrament each week. The atonement has practical, personal, everyday value. Apply it in your life. It can be activated with so simple as beginning a prayer. You will not be thereafter free from trouble and mistakes, but can erase the guilt through, through repentance and be at peace. Close quote. And it seems here that there is a link between retaining remission of our sins and showing charity and love to those around us, giving of our time and of our, and of our possessions and material gain to support the life of others. It seems there may be a link there. We have heard that before in previous studies, so I would say there is, uh, which is an important point to make. Thank you very much for listening to this study today. Uh, there's been a lot to get through, so I've kind of whizzed through that all, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Feel free to, um, and please do, share and uh, share this podcast with others that you feel might be interested. Please rate and subscribe to it. Uh, there is uh, the, the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session, to join as well if you're interested in sharing what you've been studying. I'd love to hear it. And you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again.